Adam Lahey. Steve and Ryan, how the fuck are you? Not so bad, and yourself? I'm starting to think we made the wrong call with cutting down to only one show a week. Why is that? Because in the time we've done so, the world has just gone to absolute fuck, right? Kanye fucking West has announced he's running for president. Carl Reiner died. Ennio Morricone died. Joel Schumacher died. Ian Holm died. Little Richard died on the 9th of May. So I can't really say that's because of our schedule, but I definitely think it's down to your lack of dedication to exercise. And Tony O'Hulahan has stepped back as the chief medical officer, which I think is going to have bad consequences for Ireland as a whole. So, really, I think we need to be selfless enough to admit that that's on us and that our podcast was really keeping people going. Frankly, it's been irresponsible and I want to apologise. I don't know, I'm all for Yeezy 2020. Oh, jeezy crazy Yeezy 2020. God, though, isn't it just awful? I think this is just where we're at now. Some people are saying that it's actually a Trump plant to try and split the Biden vote. I don't think... I mean, I think Yeezy is more likely to impinge upon some Trump supporters. Not the young demographic, though, I don't think. I, I'd like, I'm not putting the tinfoil hat on myself, but I do think if he were to run, he would draw... He certainly wouldn't take Trump's racist vote. No, but he would... He would take some of Trump's Egypt vote. Yeah, that's true. It's, I don't know, like, I, to be honest, he's probably just got an album coming in the next month that he wants to build up steam for. But just, like, Kanye, no. And that's been my policy towards Kanye pretty much well, since I, the year dot. It's just Kanye, no. Well, I think that it's a great opportunity for the slogan, Kanye. Yes, he can. Yeah. He's terrible, though. I just, I can't. Like, I know he claimed this whole kind of support of Trump was just to help create his own liberal agenda to try and get whatever bullshit he was saying he wanted get to get past to get past. I, that's just not who he is. And I'm very, because like what, almost 20 years ago now when Trump said he was running, back in 2015 we all laughed and we were like we're still laughing he's never going to get it Uh, yeah but it's a very different sort of laugh imagine Yeezy in the White House the thing is because of Trump I can yeah I mean he'd be so sulky that's actually a Kanye thing he's gone on record saying he doesn't smile for photographs he doesn't like the the image of it he said it's not his brand so he just puts a scowl on for photos because there's some great gifts where you see him laughing and then realizing there's a camera beside him and the face just goes right back down yeah and then kim kardashian will be the first lady yeah the first billionaire couple in the white house <laughs> self-made billionaires god they're just though like it could so easily happen speaking of things that could so easily happen but weren't quite weren't quite real did you hear about R.S. Archer? Who? R.S. Archer uh, is a Twitter page that popped up recently. Right. Go on. Claiming to be this fella who wrote a series of books named, sorry, I'm saying this all from memory now because I didn't take notes about it. 
um, the fellow who claiming to write a series of books called David Saunders series. Now, a bit of research will show that that book series doesn't exist. But he was on Twitter saying that he lives in France and uh, as an Englishman and some other English people who have a holiday home near him got onto him because they found out Brexit is going to affect their resident status. I did read about this. It's fantastic. Now, I had no idea who your man was. Why is he pretending to have written books if he hasn't written books? Well, here's the thing is he it, he doesn't seem to be a real person at all. Right. It was just um, a very well-written story, uh, a thread that developed out over time. It's basically like uh, maybe we'll touch on the actual content in a bit because the content was absolutely hilarious. But what happened was, I think in May, this uh, this account popped up around, I think, June uh, 29th or 28th he started posting about this story and people like it picked up so much attention and then people started going well hold on who's this dude because you know he's writing these funny tweets let's find his book uh the book series he claimed to write didn't exist his profile picture is actually just a stock photo taken from the internet the same from same of his profile header picture and he was kind of confronted about that and he said well look I write under a pseudonym. You hardly think I'm going to use my actual picture. And I went, yeah, okay, I can kind of buy that. Fine. Then his very last tweet was, oh, it's something along the lines of, it seems like the trolls have tried to get my password on my account and made threats to me and my family. And then he deleted the account. So effectively what happened was this great story came out of nowhere, stopped on a huge cliffhanger and everyone is going, what the fuck happened? That's so weird. It's it's incredible. Like, what's, what's the point? And it, it did raise this kind of interesting thing in me because once people realised or, or at least could have a rationale for it not being true, people it, it as any kind of Brexit thing will do, it polarised people. So the people who were pro-Brexit were extremely anti this guy. They were like, you know, fuck this guy telling lies about, you know, uh, people affected by brexit and the people who didn't want brexit to come in were saying fair play that's a great story well told Mm. even if it's not true well done it it exemplifies lots of uh, lots of relevant things and in a funny way and it made me think like okay he's not claiming to be a reliable media outlet or a source of news but if something's not real when do we stop you know, when can we say fair play, it's still relevant? And when should we go, well, hold on, you deceived us. It's like that fellow who was on Oprah, or a person who was on Oprah, and they had a best-selling book, a, a thousand little pieces or something, a million little pieces. A million little pieces, yes. And then they turned out that they, they were flagging it as being a kind of an autobiography, and then it turned out it was all bullshit. Very much like Frank McCourt in that way. Was he called out in it being, I mean, he was called out in it being, untrue but like it was based on his the uh to be honest i just i just say that to antagonize frank mccourt to be honest uh or frank <laughs> mccourt supporters uh, i don't think frank mccourt gives you one to but, no. but uh like there's that fella i can't remember his name down in limerick yeah who writes name? answering stories to him so you've got that one he's got a book called tis and this fella re- releases a book called tisn't jared hannon 
It wasn't. Yes, it wasn't right. It wasn't tizen. It was tizen me arse. Are you sure? Yeah. That's great. And then for when McCord wrote Angela's Ashes, he there's something else a- a- Angela's thing because I remember I first saw it before I had heard any of the media stuff around this this Jerry Hannon guy. Maybe you showed it to me. It was in that really cool bookshop that used to be on Little Catherine Street in Limerick and now has moved out to La Hinch. Browsers, is it? No, it was above the charity. It was above the Christian bookshop. Oh, oh, I know. Is is that gone to La Hinch? Is it? Yeah, I didn't know that. But uh, actually, Jerry Hannon or Killaloo or one of them. Jerry Hannon used to own a bookshop on on William Street called Browsers, and it became a video shop then. Oh, I didn't know that. But either way, yeah, uh, I think it was you that showed me because I can't think of anyone else who would have known it existed, and it's very unlikely. I would have just found it in this shop, but the like the puns even on the uh, on the blurb on the back of the book were great. It's like, oh, this book doesn't seek to McCourt, uh, um, you know, popular opinion. And yeah, yeah. Frankly, this oh, it's it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> now he did he that Helen guy did does if you go onto YouTube and search for when McCourt is being interviewed on the late late show, he. Is in the audience and he's going nuts at him, and he kind of comes across as a bit of a lunatic rather than discrediting McCord because he's just so wound up. Mm. Were you was it you were showing me this fella on Twitter called Bob Servant? Yeah, <laughs> Bob Servant's very good. I love that that Twitter page. It's very clever because it has no real agenda. Actually, maybe just to get a bit of context, I'll read out some tweets for listeners. It has no agenda. He's just telling jokes that are great. Was he Bob Servant? He seems to tell the same three or four jokes again and again uh, in amongst his other jokes. But he, he has these common ones that keep coming up. And the fact that he overuses them just makes them funnier. Yeah, there's a lot going on on the page. Like I, I've got one here now. Um, Sorry to all who saw that. A result of a busy first day back in the van and a major flaw in my homemade PPE scheme. Searing my testicles on the grill was incredibly painful, but I know my technique to ease the pain left many of you upset. Personal apology to the child whose ice cream it was. <laughs> so, like, the, the pretense of the page is that he runs a chip van in Glasgow. No, it isn't Glasgow. It's Dundee, isn't it? Dundee, you're right, yes. Yeah, his, his Twitter, what you say about yourself, things I own outright. A cheeseburger van in Broughty Ferry, Dundee, Scotland. I don't sell cheeseburgers. I sell dreams. Genuine legend. <laughs> and what's curious <laughs> is he follows two people. One is Daly Thompson, a double Olympic decathlon champion, 1980 and 1984. And somebody called Neil Forsyth, who's a writer, uh, says, Writer, guilt, Eric, Ernie and me backstage at Live Aid, Mick and Margaret waiting for Andre. Oh, this is this is him. This is the fellow oh, who does oh, it. Oh, this is him, is it? Yeah. Huh. Okay. He's he's great. And like, well, here's another one. 39 years at the top of the Dundee Vanning game and I still feel the Sunday night butterflies as I defrost the meat of of mixed origin with a hairdryer. The day I don't feel those butterflies is the way I walk. The day I walk away. Born to burger. Always outnumbered. Never outbunned. We continue to fry. It's just so... There's someone who's doing things just for the love of it. Yeah, yeah. 20 years ago today, on a sunny day in Broughty Ferry, I turned to the most beautiful woman in the world and said, 
Sadat, let's get married. Yes, it was reckless, but I've never once regretted it, even though the woman said no and asked me to go and sit somewhere else on the bus. Thinking about Grandad, who got stuck right in about World War II, did he make mistakes? (coughs) Yes, not least in his choices of sides, but as he always said, he liked the cut of Emperor Hiroshima's gym. <laughs> fun-loving posse told him the kamikaze would translate as win or lose, we're on the booze. <laughs> I love that one. I read that, Jay. I thought it was very good. <laughs> I'll give you one more because I just thought, uh, I saw it and it was absolutely um, it was absolutely great. It reminds me of that great joke that Lemmy always puts out that like nearly every summer he'll post out. Or no, it's not. It's every time a celebrity dies, he'll put their name in, but essentially it'll be I once met X at a at a corporate event. He was uh, very down to earth and surprisingly very funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 40 years ago, a drunk, angry woman came at me with a broken bottle in an alley behind Broughty's Ferry Safeway. I calmed her down and said, you're a wild animal, but you have the voice of an angel. Let's hear more from the angel. That woman was Dame Vera Lynn. Rest in history, R.I.P. <laughs> it's wholesome, I think, is, is is the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that... but this R.S. Archer dude, if you haven't read the feed, absolutely check it out. It's 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 really funny because he just it starts with these parents who get on to him and say, oh, we're going to lose our residency rights there. And then their son gets involved and he's just this absolute lunatic. Like at one stage in in the proceedings, he asks this fictional author to call his boss and tell him that he's um, his representative and he really needs to get the day off work to go uh, to go to France and sort out them frogs. And then your man gets in touch with the boss and he goes, look, just look after him. Well, he fell off a bridge over in like Portsmouth or something two years ago and then he gets a text of the other fella going I heard you I heard that he told you about Portsmouth that wasn't my fault at all Daniel just loves road signs with no explanation what road signs have to do with it at all it's oh it's very good and yeah it, it was just an interesting little document of it absolutely fooled people and and when people discovered it you know they kind of had to double down on their their beliefs a bit yeah yeah so how was your week other than observing lots of people dying? Other than observing lots of people dying, it was reasonable. I mean, Jesus, last week, every week, that's the one thing I think now about recording once a week is mundanity seems to happen so fast that you forget what happened and what was last week and what wasn't. Did you say mundanity? Like, yeah. How would you mean? Like... Like, it feels like ages ago since we last recorded. Yeah. And nothing has happened, but so much of nothing has happened, it's difficult to tell which nothing was today and which nothing was this day last week. Yeah, yeah, it starts as all rolling into itself. Yeah, so like, yeah, I mean, I did, I did, I went out and I did my running. That was fine. I didn't do much of the weekend. I went for a walk around in town. Jesus, you swear nothing's ever happened in there. And that was kind of it. I had some tasty wine at the weekend. Nice. How about you? Are you still gearing up for your half marathon in about 18 days time? I actually, this week now, because I was back at training for the first time on Wednesday and then fucked up my knee. Uh. Which was a real pain the whole the thing was, it wasn't so much that, like, I didn't twist it or I didn't. It was just the following day I had a, a bad limp. And 
I didn't go to training today because because of it. Because I figured if I went to training today, I wouldn't be able to go to training on Wednesday because I'd only be making it worse. So hopefully I'll be back again on Wednesday and do my training on Wednesday. But I really enjoyed being back at training. I got my hair cut. God, I look sexy. Do you? I do, yeah. What were you doing in, like, how did you manage to banjo your knee? I'm a fat guy, Adam. Yeah, but like, yeah. did you fall on it? No, it's just the weight of me coming down and when I'm moving quickly and twisting and turning and stuff. Why don't you get some of those knee braces you often see on Wish? They say that they support an extra 40 pounds. I believe they're called knee bras. Knee bras, yeah. Um, no, I, like I've I've used them in the past when I've had a, a, an issue. The thing was I was going out training. I wasn't expecting any problem. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the training. There was young lads there. And one of the good things about lads being very young playing is when you shout to give them the shout, give me the ball to them. They they invariably will give you the ball. <laughs> and I don't know what to think about that. And then you just score a goal. It's really handy like. So you look like one of the best players on the team, even though they do all the work. Exactly. It's so satisfying. That's um novel. Yeah. I, I, I like it. So you reckon that the modern kind of rugby and soccer template is wrong? And we shouldn't put the big busty fellas down the back as defenders. We should actually put them as forwards. Yeah, of course. That okay. Makes, I, I, yeah, no, as a forward, especially if you're if if you're if you've got a good foot, like. So we need old fat men in order for um in order to make the Premier League more more um competitive. Yeah, we need. <laughs> have you not been following Wayne Rooney? Jesus, that money grabbing Granny Shagger. Maybe darts players. I mean, they've already got good aim. I think that's a bit of a stretch, Adam. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, Steve. You're closer to Phil Taylor than Phil Neville. Phil Neville is my most recent soccer player reference, I will um, yeah, admit. Yeah, fairly decent. Yeah, that's the last time I saw it. It came in a, a package of stickers for a sticker book that I had so that I could fit in with other people in primary school. Ah. Um, I see Dublin went mental. Go on. With pi- oh fucking Dame Street or Dame Lane or whichever, yeah, mm. bastards. Did you go in and for an old booze? No, I have no intention of going to a pub now anytime soon. To be honest, like I, I think I've said in the last three consecutive things, I don't think it's safe to go to pubs until it's safe to go to schools again. But I, yeah, I mean, partly because of that issue that you had recently, in that you don't want to go for a pint on your own because you have to eat, and you don't want to be having a meal on your own out in the beer garden when you want to be outside. Like, I don't want to go into a pub and be on my own if that means the alternative is they could have four people at a table and make more money. Yeah, I just... I went to a restaurant and had a meal all right at the weekend. How was that? Weird? It was okay. There wasn't, like... there. I think there was two other tables being used in the restaurant and it was fine. It was nice and you had a bottle of wine and it was grand. But did you feel weird about it, like no, being in a restaurant again? No, no, I did go for I did go for breakfast as well in a pub, and fancy bastard. That was a little more odd because going in, you had to give your email address. Were they trying to crack onto you? No, it was just in case that uh, I suppose they'd break out that they'd, you'd be mentioned, you'd be contacted or something. What pubs do you be going to for breakfast? 
that was the skiff in Galway. Right. And I went and I had my breakfast and they had to do that. And they had, you know, when you go into a, a place and you've to squirt shite in your hand. Yeah. Their alcohol that you, they squirt, you squirt in your hand, it was made from tequila and it's stunk of tequila. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, it was fucking rancid. Do you know what I'm real curious to see if places start doing? Because it would be completely illegal. I, I, I'm pretty sure it would be completely illegal. Is using those lists for contact tracing for marketing. I doubt anyone would be that stupid to do that. Mm, well, you never know. You never know. I mean, places are going to struggle. And, you know, some people pay good money for, well, when you used to be able to do it. And I think people still do try to sell them. Uh, remarketing lists. Or just sign up lists that, um, I mean, you're getting a lot of data that is your actual audience that you could be getting out to. Yeah. No, it, I, I, I think it would come back so unfavorably if somebody suspected that's what was happening. That mm. I think, like, I'm sure somebody might do it by accident or something, but uh, it'd be some fucking idiot who would do it. There's so many fucking idiots out there. Yeah. Now it was um and it was just odd because there was like perspex between your table and other tables and stuff. That sounds very well run. Yeah, it looked like they really doubled down on it. So I've been looking in windows now as I walk past pubs and stuff, and I haven't seen perspex anywhere yet. So that's good. Hmm. Did you see Veredker was out in his date night eating his bloody? Petalis Bravas in a white shirt. Yeah, I did. Give you ire looking at it. Yeah, he would. And, like, this is probably the nicest thing I'll ever say about Bradcar, but he is actually a human being. And at the end of the day, like, when he's not running the country, and I know he's tarnished now, so I guess he, it, it still applies to him, but at some stage, we're probably going to have to stop calling him a cunt just for doing things that normal people do. <laughs> But the problem is, it's all press ops and it's all press ops yeah. and spin. It, you know, it's not him doing a normal thing. It's him putting on a show. But the one thing that may, did make me uh, feel the same way as what you're saying is when that photo came out, there was a fellow photobombing in the background. That's why. Yeah, yeah. And then he went back and, and we, met your man who photobombed him. And it's just like, fuck off. But so your man, they were both wearing the same outfit. Were they? So, yeah, yeah, they were like not the same outfit as each other, but in the same clothes they were wearing that night. So he got a picture taken with him within 90 minutes, obviously, because he was in a restaurant of that photo being taken. So it's, it's there could be a huge level of self-awareness around that. Oh, I, that I don't doubt it. I mean, I'm sure that was all orchestrated. Yeah. Gobshite. Oh, just gobshite. Gobshite, gobshite, gobshite. Gobshite's the lot. But I guess it, it, it does remain for us, at least on our humble platform, Yeah. Uh, to, to say thank you to, to Tony O'Hulahan because he's stepping down. Yeah, I guess. Fair play. Like, uh, yeah, he, he's done a great job towards probably a kind of very, you know, a, a, an audience that didn't really want to listen to him a lot of times, like when they wanted to close pubs and stuff. And yeah, I mean, the reason he's stepping down is, is reasonable. I yeah, think. yeah. No, he he seems like a he seemed like an okay guy trying to do his best. Yeah. So I, it's yeah. I I hope now we his his replacements because I mean that's I guess how big of a hat he wore is they they're having multiple people replacing him. 
I hope his replacements continue to make decisions on a medical basis and not on a economic one as we've been seeing recently. And I just hope that they continue to make or at least go back to making decisions on a medical basis rather than an economic one. Yeah, I I don't have much hope for that, quite frankly. No. No, but what can you do? But we'll just keep on tipping on. We will. Have you any other news before we head away? No, dibble a bit. Don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, we should leave it there. Uh, if, if you're listening and for yourself, uh, get over to my Twitter page. I posted up uh, a video of Randy Newman playing a song about social distancing and it's very good. It's A underscore Lahey and you'll get your Randy Newman video there. He He's typical Randy Newman fashion, um, dry wit and dark humour about, about COVID but with a nice little hmm. sentimental twist. It, it's good. I'll give that a listen. Two. Cool. Sure, I'll talk to you next week. So, Adam. Take care, Stephen. Happy, happy social distancing. Good luck. Bye-bye. Good luck, John.